You're watching the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates' Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now here's today's lesson. Hello folks, welcome to Jail Bible Study. My name is Kevin McCarthy and we've been working for the past uh, about six or seven weeks on four of the major themes of the Bible, which we started with creation back a few weeks ago, which was obviously the creation of our God, our Holy Savior, who has perfect, perfect knowledge and ability and, per and created this perfect planet, this perfect bodies, our perfect humans, Lord. And we're so grateful. And we fall into creation the fall, and then the rescue of Jesus Christ, and then the redemption as he and the Holy Spirit make us into deeper, more sanctified Christians. Today I'm really excited to share with you, we were last week studying the uh, corruption on the earth, which is in the Bible, um, chapter 6, verse 5. I'm going to go over that again because we have to really understand to, to see the greatness and the beauty and the incredible love of Jesus Christ. We have to look into who we are and where the earth came from and where Noah came from. So we're going to be studying Noah and the flood today. But let me back up a little bit. Chapter 5, um, chapter 6 actually says in, in uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the face of the earth, every man and animals, creeping things, and birds of the heavens. For I'm sorry that I've made them. However, he says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So let's back up a little bit historically. Let's talk about the flood from a historic angle and how we know it's true and how we know that everything that's in the Bible is true. Now I was a I was a believer 19 years ago but about 11 years ago I did not believe in a biblical creation. So how do we explain the earth was formed or the man came 6,000 years ago and that the flood happened approximately 5,500 years ago. So what we do is we back up and we add all the ages of all of the people going from Adam. We add all those ages together, and it takes us up to Noah, who found favor with the Lord. Noah was approximately 4,500 years ago. Now, something to think about this. This flood was beyond anything we can imagine. And I remember about six years ago, my first really, really heavy rainstorm here in Texas. And they predicted, the forecaster said, Tomorrow and the next day we forecast heavy, heavy rains coming down. Well, I really realized and I learned what heavy rain is and heavy downpours is in Texas. Because in Texas, the earth, the, the soil here is not real deep and it kind of runs off. So two days of heavy rain, just about 400 yards away from where we are right now, was flooding. The creek going through Belton, Texas was overrun and there were several homes and several damaged buildings as a result of that flood. So imagine this, the Bible says it was 40 days 
So imagine having a weather broadcaster on your 6 o'clock news say, hey, we're going to have 40 days of continual downpour, continual night and day. And the other thing that we don't grasp sometimes is that the earth also opened up. Earthquakes opened and the chasms of the deep, the water from the deep flooded up. So on top of all the rain coming down, we had all this rain coming up from below. So if we look around a little bit, I'd like to share this with you because there are several geographic, geologic things we see in Texas that next time you're driving around, take a peek at these and you'll see that these didn't happen over millions of years. One of my favorite ones is Palo Verde Canyon. Palo Verde Canyon is an incredible, incredible uh, spectacle to see. And we know from looking at uh, Mount St. Helens, Mount St. Helens erupted in 1981 and Mount St. Helens formed a, a volcanic uplift which melted off millions of tons of snow which flooded a canyon and it made a canyon one-tenth as deep as the Grand Canyon in just two and a half years. So we know that these big canyons, these big walls, these deep, deep, deep canyons can be formed in just years, not millions of years. Another great example, and I'm waiting to get down there, I've not been down to Big Bend. Big Bend's a big drive for us. I'm in a wheelchair, so it's hard for me to get around. But Big Bend Canyon has 4,000-foot mountains with a deep, deep Rio Verde River carving through that. Now, folks, that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen in millions of years. There's no way it can cut, cut like that and form that canyon. That was a rapid, rapid flood occurring after the major flood in the Bible. And another beautiful uh, geologic uh, colossal spectral I, I love is Enchanted Rock. Okay, Enchanted Rock, it's the second largest monolith or rock outcropping in the country. And how did that form? Well, that just didn't form over millions of years. It came up with the uplift that happened with the flood. The earth fractured, lifted up, the rains came down, created these floods and all these canyons. So well, I'd like to tie this together because we read the Bible sometimes. The Bible is not a science book necessarily, but it's a book about God. If God had to write about everything he created, the Bible would be 50,000 pages long. So let's go back to our verses here, Noah and the flood. And we talked about these are the generations of Noah. There was Noah was a righteous man. So we say that twice in just two sentences. He was a righteous man. And in his generation, Noah walked with God. That's a third time. So we know Noah was a man of God. He obeyed God. He followed God. He sacrificed to God. And his wife and three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. We're going to see this three times in three sentences, how vile and how awful the world was. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, a second corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted, had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I've determined to make an end of all flesh. That's, that's a pretty, pretty heavy, heavy statement that God's saying, I will make an end, okay, an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth, Okay, talk about this just, just for a moment. Um, 
Think about that. The earth was filled with violence, and it was so corrupt in God's eyes, he couldn't, he couldn't take anymore. He saw this, and, and I'm trying to just get a handle on this. It's like the worst riot you see, maybe those riots last summer, 10 times worse than that. Steady, murder, adultery, awful, evil things. And we look at that. There were At the time, there were no laws that we know of, no centralized government. There wasn't a police. There wasn't an army force or National Guard to enforce civility in the laws. And so it was just man after man. Man makes up his own rules, man taking over his neighbor. It was awful. Now think about this. The world at that time was 16, approximately 1,650 years old. Now I want you to do, just do the math. I'm not a real good calculus guy, but if you do basic math, if we take the original Adam and Eve and their children, the average family, they estimate conservatively, the average family was three to four children. So we know from exponential um, explosion of numbers, we know that in those numbers, an average generation would be approximately about 20 years before they started having children back then. If we take those numbers and we add exponential growth, at the time of 1650 AD, there were approximately 750 million people on the earth, or up to 2 billion. Just a penny. If we change the number from three children per family up to four and a half, five, it grows up to 2 billion people. Amazing. That many people on this earth. And we, we think it's, oh, just a few people. No. All those people were evil. So that's the population of approximately China. And that's 2 billion people in China. So think about that. Um, there was absolute chaos and, and anarchy. Um, vengeance after vengeance. And I, and I can't quite grasp that. But Psalm 143 says, they've all turned aside to their own. They've all turned aside. So th there is no God. They, they don't honor him. They don't see him. They're in complete rebellion. They're going the other way. Okay, so God is going to give precise instructions to Noah. And I love how the Bible hits these details, which you think, wow, what's he talking about? Well, he's a God of details because this is very important to him. This ark, which we know from Answers in Genesis, Answers in Genesis has done the research. We know it was approximately 500 cubits long and 50 cubits high. Now that translates, a cubit in that generation was approximately 19 and a half to 20 inches. So if we do the math, the arc was, I'll give you these numbers here, was about 510 feet long, okay, by 50 feet high. So 50 feet high, that would be a five-story building. 510 feet long, we know that a football field is 100 yards or 300 feet, so just under two football fields. And everyone thinks, well, that's, that's crazy. But no, if you go to the um, Ark Museum at Answers in Genesis, you will see it. It's astounding. And it took Noah approximately 125 years to build that. Now, wait a minute. Everyone's going, well, 125 years. Now, we have to look at this also from a medical standpoint. People live longer there, and it was upon God's grace that he gave favor to man to live that long. 
They were not exposed to all the sunlight, the deadly ultraviolet in the sun. They did not die at young ages. They lived to be five, six hundred years of age. And that's how we can determine that adding up all the ages of the Bible, it's approximately 5,500 years ago or 1,600 years after creation. So the details, I'm going to go through these kind of quickly because we only have a day or two or one or two more uh, sermons or lectures on this. But God said, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. The gopher wood was very dense, not very porous, so it did not allow any water to come in. He says, make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. Okay, pitch is like tar, and it seals up any joints in the wood. Now, we know that Noah was very respected, and I'm sure he had many people helping him. This was a very big project. He could have paid people. He probably had a crew, maybe two to 300 people working on this. But it says, make this ark the length of 300 cubits or 500 feet, and its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh which is in the earth. And he says, in which the breath of life under heaven, everything that is on earth shall die. Think about that. Everything on the earth shall die. So God had given Adam and Eve everything they needed, everything they could have wanted. But they chose to make their own decisions, become their own gods, and rebel. We talked about how that sin, sin is like gravity. It goes down, down, down. We, we take something, don't hold on to it, it drops. Well, without God and Jesus Christ in our life, our, our lives go down like that too. So within 1,600 years of not having any God being honored in their life, over time, God did not bless them anymore with grace. And when God turns his back on people, things can go down really quickly. And we look at some of the instances where the first uh, principles of Marxism, going back to 1915, 1919, and Stalin and Lenin, the first thing they did is they wiped God completely out of their religion, wiped God out of their country. They hated God. And what would happen to that country, the USSR or Russia? Over 40 million deaths from 1930 to 1948 after the war was ended. 40 million deaths. And most of them came at the hands of their own people. China, same thing. China revolted, rebelled from God. They turned their back on God. Over 60 million deaths in the last 60 years. 60 million deaths since Chairman Mao took over. So we're thinking 60 million deaths, that would be, and you add Russia at the same time, all of them who hated God and were atheists, that's over 110 million people. So at that time, that's approximately about five to 10% of the population of the earth was wiped out without God in their lives. So God turned his back. So we know from this description, we know that God is a God of detail, perfection, and he can't tolerate sin. So Noah um, finishes the ark. Okay, go to my next page here. And I want to 
also kind of confirm this story because Jesus mentions in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, and I love this about the Bible. Everything in the Bible is true. Everything Jesus says is true, and it happened. So Jesus confirms the reality, the presence, the histor historical knowledge of Noah. He says in Matthew 24, verse 37, for as we're in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So he's referring to the coming of man. He's referring to when God comes back, he will judge. Okay, He will judge with fire. We don't know when that time is. But we know that Jesus, when he came, came to save, when he comes again, he will come to judge, but to save his people. So think about this. From a perspective of God, the ark is really going to represent anyone that goes in the ark will be saved. It's really a symbolic of anyone that comes to Jesus Christ will be saved. Anybody that walks with Jesus, comes to Jesus, as the Bible says, if we, if we trust the heart with all our Lord and might and confess our Lord that Jesus is, is Lord and believe in our heart that God is saved, we'll be saved. So. We know that the ark symbolizes the rescue of God, all who enter. Okay, so he says, I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, Noah, your sons, your wives, and your sons' wives with you, and of every living thing of all flesh. You will bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. You know, I, I, I kind of had a, a, a problem with this. How did they get all these animals in here? Well, first of all, you have to think about the variety of a kind. Now, we look at the dog kind, the cat kind. Look at the dogs we see. We see the largest breed of dogs, the Irish wolfhound, they stand almost five and a half feet high. Enormous. We look at the St. Bernard's, and then we go all the way down to these little chihuahuas. Okay, two pounds. From 130 pounds, 140 pounds to two pounds. Yet they're all in the same dog kind. Or a cat, a leopard, a great lion, to the mountain lion, to a small house cat. And the house cats have a lot of variation too. So within the kind, there was enough with the size of this ark, there was enough for over 5,000 different stalls to put the animals in. And I believe it because I've seen the ark now and I know how large that is. And I know God can subdue animals. God can cause these animals to, to come to the ark, which he did. And I think what we have to have is a real sense of, of faith that it happened. We look at Noah. He obeyed everything going on around him. Yet he obeyed. And think about that. These people were just living like Sodom and Gomorrah. But yet he walked with God. He, his family, he encouraged that. And we'll find out later that his one son did rebel from God later. So not everyone was chosen in that line. But Ham, his son Ham, did leave, did not follow God. So the ark was, was filled up with all the animals. And chapter 7 said, Then the Lord said to Noah, 
go into the ark, you and all your household, for I've seen that you are what? A righteous leader, righteous before me in this generation, living right, obeying me. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, male and his mate, a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate. And he says, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens, also male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days, here's the weather prediction. For in seven days, for in seven days I'll blot out, he says, I will send rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and every living thing that I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. So Noah at this time was 600 years old. Verse 6. When the flood of waters came upon the earth, and Noah and his son and his wife and his son's wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. So that's right there. That's their salvation right there. If they had not gone into the ark, if they tarried about with their friends and said, you know what? I'm going to go over and visit so-and-so and they're going to have a party and we're going to slaughter a lamb. They'd be gone. But the sons, the wives obeyed. They saw They saw Noah was a righteous man. He was a leader. He was a godly leader. And they all went into the ark. Now imagine all the other people in his community. Could have been thousands that, that mocked. That mocked Noah. Can you believe Noah? He's been working on this for, he said there's going to be a flood and build this big, 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 big ship. He's crazy. Well, I'll share with you a little story. When I was younger, about eight years old, had a neighbor who was a really handy man. And we're, he's always fixing things and building things. He built a, he built a air raid shelter back when the nuclear crisis was going on in 1962. We all thought, wow, you know, he's crazy. But then we heard 1963, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Nobody was laughing about him anymore. So next year, he gets this materials dropped off at his home. What's he up to now? He's got all this wood and fiberglass and, and all these moldings and metal. He's building a ship. He built a boat. He built a 23-foot boat in his garage. Took him a year and a half. We're all going, oh, he's, he's crazy. He's working on this. Well, next summer, you know what? I get invited out of the boat. We take a river. River trip, camped out overnight, and everyone that thought he's crazy, man, wanted to be on that boat. So kind of, kind of a little small parallel, but everyone that was mocking Noah, when the rain started, I'm sure they're knocking on the door, but that door would not come down. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, now look how detailed the author of Genesis is. On the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth. So we know that below subterranean, there were vast oceans of water that came up into the oceans, filled up all over the earth. And the windows of the heavens were open. Okay, so it's saying the water just came down, something we've never seen before. And rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. We all know that story. But we really have to, it's hard for us to get a, a conception of this, that we know the waters came up even up to the top of Mount Everest, which is 29,000 feet high. 
So it's beyond our ability right now because we see the oceans. We forget sometimes the oceans in the deepest parts of the oceans off of Pacific, uh, off of California. There's a trench going 29,000 feet deep. So that ocean is not only 29,000 feet deep up to California, but another 29,000 feet high covered all the mountains. Okay. On the very same day, Noah and his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his son with them entered the ark, they and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kind, and every creeping thing that creeps in the earth according to its kind. So we see right there he's saying there's no evolution. Every animal is of its kind. No other animal has morphed into like a cat into a bird. There's nothing in between that. There's nothing in between a reptile, like a crocodile, does not evolve into a camel. Okay? They're of their kind. And he's specifying that right there. He says, every bird according to its kind, every winged creature, they went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which there was breath of life breath of life and those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him and the Lord shut him in there's a statement right there about people are saying that they are gender gender neutral whatever that is everyone male and female male and female there's male two types God created so the flood continued 40 days on the earth the waters increased bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. Hard to believe. The waters prevailed over the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. So they're all covered by over 30 to 50 feet of water. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them, and all flesh died that moved on the earth. Birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. So I, I'm trying to figure this out, why he had to kill all the animals, but he wanted to start fresh, start clean. Okay, Everything was infected with sin. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. He says this again, they were blotted out from the earth, wiped out. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days. Then the earth somewhat opened again. The waters started to drain back in, started to evaporate. And chapter 8 says the flood subsides. And we're not going to talk about all of those little details. I want you to read that on your own, but I want to talk about, go to the last few verses of chapter 8, God's covenant. So God will make a covenant or an agreement or a contract with Noah. He says, verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took, this is after they got out, notice the first thing Noah does, he builds an altar, okay, to honor, to sacrifice, to the God that gave him life. 
he built an altar to the Lord and took some, some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. So apparently he did have some extra animals to offer sacrifice. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I've done. While the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. And verse 9 says, I love it, it says, God, and God blessed Noah. He blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be, shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens. So he's saying that because you're godly, they, people will honor and fear and respect you. Okay? And everything that creeps on the ground, all the fish in the sea, into your hands they are delivered. These are for you. I'm providing these animals, these fish, for you to live on. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And I gave you green plants. I gave you everything. But you shall not eat flesh within life that is blood. So do not eat blood. Because the blood will be the sacrifice. Okay, And the, the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So do not eat the blood. And for your life, for your lifeblood, I will require erecting from every beast. I will require it. It and from man, from his fellow man, I require erecting for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made him in his own image. So God is going to forbid, he's going to remind him again, whoever sheds the blood of man from man, murder, there should be payment for that. For God made man in his image. What an awesome privilege. God made man in his own image. So I want you to think about this, and this is my prayer for you. My prayer every day is, God, help my actions, my thoughts, my words, honor and glorify you, whatever I do. And that can be getting angry at someone in the store brings me back to, is that honoring God to do that? So remember, we're made in God's image. Um, and I'm got that verse confused in Romans for a second. For whoever confesses that Jesus is the Lord and believes in his heart that God raises the dead, he will be saved. Amen.